0: the Yogi Fuel podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is is the Yogi Fuel Podcast? All right, guys, welcome back. This week, I want to talk about something a little bit different. I know that I usually talk a lot about you know food and fueling our body with a whole foods, plant based diet, and you know like seasonal eating and food for the doshas and all of that great stuff. And I think that's super important for our optimal health and well being. But today, I want to talk about a different type of food, um, a type of food. Or consumption, rather, that we might not think of as fueling or impacting our body and mind, but totally does. Um, And this is the food for the sense organs. And I'm going to relate it to you know a lot of us we think about yoga as asana, you know, um, going to a yoga class and moving through postures. But yoga is actually an eight-limbed path. There's eight limbs of yoga, and one of those limbs is called pratyahara which if you're familiar with the eight limbs, you may have classically heard it be defined as like the withdrawal of the sense organs. Um, But it's really actually controlling our sense organs. So in today's podcast, I wanted to get into why practicing this limb of yoga daily is important and how we can do it really practically. Because I think a lot of times if you're a yogi and you're familiar with the limbs and you hear Pratyahara, you might think, oh, you know, this limb is telling me to go to the Himalayas and you know live there for 5 years and completely you know <laughs> live in a cave and you know withdraw my senses completely and that's like one pretty extreme way of doing it but there are definitely things that we can do as modern yogis every single day to practice pratyahara and really start to become more conscious of what it is that we're consuming through our sense organs and the impact that it's having on us mentally emotionally physically and spiritually so i'm going to ask you to make kind of like a, a paradigm shift and begin to look at all of the things that you take in with your sense organs, the the TV shows you watch, the podcasts you listen to, the people you hang out with, how often you're on Instagram or Facebook. Um, look at these things as food for the subtle body, food for your like your, your mental nutrition, your spiritual nutrition. And start to tune into, A, how much are you consuming, right? So are you like mentally overeating, Um, which is not a bad thing, but just noticing. And how is that impacting you, right? When you spend hours scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, do you feel lit up? Do you feel nourished or do you feel depleted? And so I want you to also adopt the mindset, again, the same way with nutrition, like nothing is bad or wrong or inherently right. Right it's like just tuning into how is this impacting me? How does this make me feel? How does this person make me feel? How does my job make me feel right? Our jobs, we spend so much time in our jobs. We spend like, I think like a third of our life, maybe like more at our jobs, right? That is nutrition for your mind and your subtle body. And how is that impacting you and making you feel? And maybe you don't need to like do anything about it right away. I just want you to start making that paradigm shift and begin to acknowledge all of these things that we are taking in as nutrition for the soul, kind of, because I think we're a little disconnected from this. You know, like we have a a rough idea that, you know, scrolling through Instagram all the time isn't good for us. It doesn't make us feel good watching tons of TV. We feel tired and lethargic. So we kind of know these things, but when we tune into, right, the same way that when you learn about nutrition and you learn that, you know, a healthy whole foods, plant-based diet makes you feel better. You start to make choices that are in alignment with how you want to feel. And so I think we can do the same thing with our mental nutrition. Like I'm saying, we start to tune into, wow, you know what? I actually don't feel that good when I scroll Instagram all the time. I feel way better when I'm like walking in nature. So, you know, I'm going to tune into that and I'm going to choose to walk in nature more. Or on the flip side, you have that same awareness. And then from a place of empowerment, from a place of consciousness, you choose to sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix. Cause you know what? That's what your body and mind wants. But my stance and my stand when I, you know, developed Yogi fuel was always consciousness, be conscious and empowered in your choices. Not just habitually automatically doing things because you know that's what you do or because you're addicted to it. I think a lot of us are super addicted to our phones, our technology, we whip them out. I think I'm pretty conscious and I still unconsciously, subconsciously whip out my phone and I just like you know look through Instagram and I'll catch myself and be like, What am I doing? I don't want to be doing this. So You know, I've really taken it on and started looking at it as a practice, and I absolutely don't beat myself up for it. So, if you're listening to this thinking, oh my God, you know, look, I'm always on my phone. I'm so, you know, bad or wrong. It's not about that at all. It's absolutely a practice. It's all about tuning into, you know, noticing these patterns, noticing these habits, and slowly working to shift them and becoming conscious about them. And I wanna see from the get go as well. There is nothing wrong, like I said, with sitting and watching Netflix. But it's like, can you come from a place of choice and empowerment and be like, you know what, I choose right now that I'm going to binge watch like season one of The Office for the third time. I've actually watched The Office like a bunch of times, but there's a big difference between choosing that like from a place of empowerment and just automatically habitually coming home from work and like consuming that, consuming that without even thinking about it. And for me, like a lot of this shift, a lot of this awareness happened as my practice deepened. So as I continued to show up every day on my mat and do the work and, you know, elevate my consciousness, so to speak, I started tuning into the fact that I would feel really shitty after binge watching, you know, The Office or, <laughs> you know, scrolling on my phone. I began I became more aware of it. And so I think that as our spiritual practice evolves, we become more aware and in tune with like our subtle body, right? Which is what we're feeling with these, you know, conscious impressions. And we gain this awareness of wanting to fuel and nourish our subtle body with things that make us feel really good. Um, And so I'm going to give you some tips for that later, but that's just a big shift that I've noticed that has come from my practice. And I think that as you do practice, you might notice that shift in yourself as well. And maybe, you know, maybe you've been feeling that, maybe you've been feeling like, ugh, you know, I really don't want to be on Instagram so much. And, you know, you can't really figure out what it is and you don't know what's happened. Uh, I'm a big proponent and believer that the pra- this practice, whether it's Ashtanga or any other type of yoga or meditation, any sadhana, daily spiritual practice will have this transformational effect. And over time, it's going to shift um, your preferences. It's going to like help you shift what it is that you want to do, who you want to interact with, how you want to engage in the world and how you want to fuel your body and mind. And there's this concept in Ayurveda around taste and that over time, you know, as we start to adopt, and this means like our, like literally our taste buds, but also our taste and preference for the things that we want to do that, you know, as we make these shifts in our diet, you know, we start to develop a palate for, you know, healthier foods and those foods start to taste more delicious to us. And I think as our physical practice deepens and our, you know, spiritual practice deepens, we begin to develop a taste for what feels good for us to say do with our spare time, So for me in university, what felt really good to do in my spare time was get really drunk on the weekend with my friends. Uh, And now what feels really good on the weekend is to like make a really healthy dinner with my husband and, you know, play with our daughter and go to the park and walk in nature, like those things and, you know, engaging with friends and talking with friends and surrounding myself with like-minded spiritual people. That's fun for me now. So like I said, as your spiritual practice deepens, your taste will shift and change as well. So something I started doing in my life was getting really intentional. Actually, before I even got intentional, I started asking myself, you know, about any given thing, uh, a show, food, you know, hanging out with someone before I would commit to it or even Instagram as well. (laughs) I'm not the best at that. I still aimlessly scroll Instagram, but like I said, it's a practice. At some point I have this awareness and I ask myself, is this nourishing me? Or is it depleting me? And I think that this question is so key because sometimes, like I said, sitting and watching Netflix is nourishing. And so this idea of nourishment is actually really contextual because in the same breath too, and I say this about nutrition all the time, sometimes having a glass of wine is what like the soul wants. You know, there's a difference between sitting and enjoying a glass of wine with your friend and you're catching up and you're in bright spirits and you're having a great time and like coming home from work stressed AF and you down a bottle of wine without thinking about it. Like there's a big difference between those two things. So, so getting really clear on that for me was something that was really, really transformational. And so I want to talk about this idea of practical Pratihara and give you some examples of things that you can do every day that are going to help you control your sense organs, because I think too, like a lot of the time I talk about intuitive eating, right? And I've always said, we can't truly intuitively eat if we are filled with AMA. So if we've toxic buildup in our you know, channels, our channels are clogged, it's going to send us you know, mixed messages, right? So if we've got lots of AMA, we might crave lots of sweet things, lots of heavy things, lots of oily things, and that's not necessarily good for us. So we want to have a bit of like a detoxification period, get rid of the AMA, and then begin to tune into our body from this place of like clarity, right? Our channels are clear and all of that. So sometimes I think we need to do that with our um, sense organs. You know, so in Ayurveda, when we walk people through a detox, for example, yes, we're detoxing, you know, the physical body through food, but something we always recommend alongside it is like a mental, emotional, sensory detox, which is why in, when you get like a Panchakarma done, you should go away. You should go to like a Panchakarma retreat and be like totally away from everything. But for practical purposes, if you're going through like a, a practitioner led detox, we often recommend, you know, really taking it easy, you know, staying away from social media, staying away from like you know lots of interaction with people and taking that time to reflect because like I said, Ayurveda acknowledges that we are multidimensional beings. So when we detox our physical body, there's an energetic, subtle detox that's going on and vice versa. So that's kind of like a random side note, but I do want to make the case that being mindful of what we're ingesting through our sense organs is going to have an, impl- an impact on our physical body and support our physical health as well as our mental health. So I want to give you like my top tips, I guess, for practicing Pratyahara every day in a really practical, modern way. So you're not going to live in a cave anywhere. You're not going, you know, to a retreat in the hills, which by the way is a good idea. Like that's an, if you can, if you can swing it, if you can do like, uh, you know, like a, like a Vipassana, like a full on silent retreat, or you can go to a yoga retreat in India for a week in March. Hint, hint. <laughs> we are going, uh, we are holding another retreat in March, by the way. I will totally get you guys those details soon. But if you can swing that, amazing. Getting away for like a period of time is always awesome, but there are really tangible, habitual things that we can do every day that are going to support us in this practice, that are going to uplevel our health, that are going to connect us way more deeply to ourselves and what's important and support our health. So... Tip number one, my friends, is all about, and I feel like this is kind of like a big tip, but is around a social media and technology detox. And I'm going to talk about this in two ways. So the first thing you can do, Ayurveda is a big fan of occasional fasting from food, and I don't see any reason why we can't occasionally fast from technology. Um, so something I did early in my postpartum period with sats was I was like on my phone all the time. Any new mom who's listening to this, like you're probably scrolling through the gram all the time. And I noticed that when I scroll through Instagram, I, you know, it starts off as curiosity and then it becomes this big, like comparison festival where I'm like judging myself and comparing myself to other people. I start to feel really insecure and it sucks and I don't feel good when I do that. And so I noticed I was doing this really often and my friend and I were talking and I said, you know what? I need to not go on Instagram or my phone for a whole day. So I didn't. And I felt amazing. (laughs) Like I have to tell you, I haven't felt that clear and light in a long time. So definitely trying to do like a full day detox. If you can swing it once a week, even once a month, you are going to feel, just try it, honestly, try it for a day tag me on Instagram at yogifuel. Tell me how you feel. Cause I'm telling you it's freaking transformational. Okay. And I get for a lot of people and for myself too, like I run my business through social media and the internet. So yeah, it can be kind of hard to spend a whole day away, but your business isn't going to burn in flames. If you are, you know, a yoga teacher who, you know, has to post daily on social media. There's also apps by the way that you can pre-plan your social media so that, you know, if you are doing like a social media detox, you can just, it'll automatically post for you. I think Later does this. Not sponsored, but <laughs> I do think Later does that. So that's just one tip if you want to, you know, do a full day detox. Then my other tip is the same way. So I like to preach intermittent fasting. I'm a big fan of that. What if we did intermittent fasting from our cell phones? What if? at say eight o'clock. This is something I try and do. Am I amazing at it? No. Um, but I'm practicing and I'm getting better. Like I said, my whole concept of yogi fuels, everything is a practice, right? Like our yoga. So what if at like 8 PM, you put your phone away and you didn't touch it until at least 8 AM the next day or nine or 10, you know, can you extend the period of time that you're away from your phone to sort of reduce that dependency on it? Like, what would that be like? And just honestly I really encourage you to play around with some of these suggestions and see how you feel. Again, consciously, consciously choose how you do it. Does it make sense for you? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you absolutely like have to go on your phone for like business reasons, cool. But can you take this on as a practice every now and then? And how does it make you feel? Does it have a positive impact on your life? And if it doesn't, cool, go back to what you were doing. But if it does impact you positively and you feel like less anxiety, um I'm going to be talking with Sean Weldman who's super Knowledgeable about blue light, which is like a whole other thing with technology and fasting from it, and why that could be good. But I'm talking mostly about like our sort of dependence on wanting to know what's happening on social media and like obsessively, you know, refreshing our emails to see who's emailed us. There's so many benefits to just taking a break and seeing how you feel and seeing if it frees up some space and some room in your life for other things that are more important. And something I've noticed too is like, and my husband, we're talking about this this morning actually, is like we will notice. And like I said, we're pretty conscious people, (laughs) you know, and even still the two of us will be around our daughters playing and we'll just, you know, pretty often we'll just pick up our phone and start scrolling through Instagram, you know? And so something we've decided is like, okay, when the three of us are together, we're going to put our phones away and like, Whoa, what's going to happen if we're being present? And something we were actually talking about this morning around this whole idea of like, why do we feel this compulsive need to always check our phones? And it's really rooted inside of this idea that we are avoiding the present moment, right? Every time we look at our Instagram, we're, you know, like, you know, either we're comparing ourselves or we're, you know, daydreaming about the future and, oh, you know, how's this thing going to look? And it's really inside of just not being present. So what if we took our phones away and we just allowed ourselves to be completely present, In this moment, exactly as it is. And as a parent, this is super hard because parenting is really hard. And sometimes you're just like, F my life. This is so tiring. I just want to check out for a bit. But what if we actually just surrendered to this moment exactly as it is? What if we surrendered to the screaming kid who you can't please for the life of you? What if we surrendered to the sort of, I don't want to say like mundane reality of parenthood, but sometimes it is kind of mundane. It's the same thing. Wake up, change the diaper. You know, walk the kid around like it can be really hard. But what if we just totally surrender to that, right? It just opens up. Um, one of my favorite yoga sutras is Ata Yoga Anushasanam. Now are the teachings of yoga, right now. Now is always happening. So in each moment, in this moment, right now, yoga is happening, and we always have this opportunity to be present and to notice and every moment of our life is an opportunity to practice presence to still the mind from all those ritties to still the mind from all of the dreaming of the future and the you know worrying of the past and you know ruminating on the past and to just be every moment is that opportunity and when we put our phones away we give ourselves the opportunity to sit with that, to sit with this moment, whether it's comfortable and we you know, are notice our attachment to the comfort or it's uncomfortable and we notice our aversion to the discomfort. Either way, when we put our phones away, we give ourselves the opportunity to access what's happening right now all right, I feel like I really went off there, but I'm very passionate about this. And I do think a whole part of Pratyahara is sort of like limiting those, I don't wanna say like negative things, but limiting the things that are say depleting to us from coming into our you know, sense organs. And another part of it is being mindful of maybe fueling it with things that are gonna be nourishing to it. And so my second tip is to get out in nature. Um, and this is something I think that especially in Canada, It can be really, um, weather can kind of suck here, so it can be less than, um, inviting (laughs) to go outside, but getting out in nature every day and, you know, interacting with the elements, interacting with the trees and the grass, walking barefoot on the grass and, you know, connecting physically to the earth, connecting with those elements is such an amazing way to nourish the body and, there's so much science about the power of sunlight and, you know, the power of connecting to nature and the impact that it can have on our mind. And so the more that we give ourselves the opportunity to get out in nature and to, you know, be outside, the more we're going to support our health. And nature is a natural OGIS builder. So if you remember back to the podcast on OGIS, if you haven't listened to it, I think it's like episode seven, I can't remember, but um, nature just has so many benefits to our health. And the whole point of Ayurveda is to connect and live in harmony with nature. So we want to live in harmony with the seasons, we want to live in harmony with our nature, our dosha, and we want to get out in nature as much as possible because that, my friends, is where we, you know, that's where we came from. And I heard this really awesome thing the other day, which was, you know, we're all so consumed with our like paleo diet, but what about our paleo environment? You know, we're all like, let's eat how the cavemen ate, but we're not like concerned with living more in alignment with how they lived, getting out in nature and exposing ourselves to those things We're that's almost like a secondary thought. So invite in these really positive nourishing stimulus and nature is an amazing way to do that. And my third tip is to develop a sadhana. So whether that looks like a seated meditation practice or a daily Ashtanga yoga practice, or any other practice of consciousness, any other type of yoga, when we do a sadhana each day, we start to, like I said earlier in the podcast, we start to like attune ourselves to what is nourishing to us, what is depleting to us. We start to change our tastes, like I said, toward favoring those things that are truly deeply nourishing. All of the layers of our being. And so we might choose and we might favor, you know, getting out in nature over binge watching The Office <laughs> all the time on Netflix or, you know, I don't know, going and partying at a club with friends. And again, all of these things are fine. They're just inside of the context of what's nourishing us and what's not. And I think the other really amazing thing that Asadhana does is it teaches us how to come back to ourselves in the event that we take in something that is less than nourishing, like we are living in a world where people are going to piss us off. We're going to get offended and triggered and people are going to be assholes. And we can't avoid that. Like, right. We actually can't avoid negative stimulus. And so I actually don't want this to be about like, Oh, okay. Well, Mel said I should avoid anything that makes me uncomfortable. And I should only, you know, surround myself with super positive stimulus. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's like, When we can, can we choose the things that make us feel really good and that are nourishing for us, but it's like, can we also be armed with the tools and have a sadhana that helps us to digest and assimilate those negative experiences so that it's not super rattling to our being? All right. I think that's all I've got for you guys. And speaking of being present, my tiny human just woke up. You want to come say hi? You want to say hi? Can you tell everyone what what, what your name is? Shida. Yeah, it's set, yeah. Good girl. All right. I'm going to go mom and I hope you guys really enjoyed today's episode. I really, really loved sharing about this. I think it's so important that we talk about, you know, fueling our body through more than just the food that we eat, because truly everything we do is either fueling our body or depleting it in some way. And um, yeah, so I'm going to be sharing a lot more about things that are just beyond food in terms of, you know, living our best life. Um, I've got some really great guests coming up who are going to be talking about some stuff like that. So I'm super excited. And as always, if you like this episode, I would love it and be so honored if you would write a review, if you would rate it share it with your friends. This really helps iTunes and Spotify know that people like the podcast, that people are listening to it. It helps other people find the podcast. So it's just great all around. Um, and if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'm always loving some of the questions and topics that you guys have. So please let me know. You can DM me on Instagram. You can send me an email. Hello at melissasing.com. And if you're wanting any support. If you have just questions about your dosha, about, you know, balancing, about cleansing, detoxing, anything again, shoot me a message. I'm happy to answer any questions for you. Um, I have opened up a few spots in my schedule to see some people one-on-one. So if you're wanting some one-on-one support and guidance, I'm there for you, man. Um, Okay. That's all. That's all I've got to say. Uh, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I hope you guys, you know, take on some of these suggestions if you do again DM me let me know how they go and I'll see you guys next week bye